This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann. I'm not in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin. I am in the Waitakere Ranges in Auckland, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. I am in Auckland today. How's Auckland? It's very nice. It's very nice. Had a meeting all day today, planning research for next year, and there might be some sailing on tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. That's very cool. Well, I had a day that was focused on uh, seeing Jack to the end of his primary school years, and we had a uh, dinner for all of the students and their parents, which was Really amazing, actually, that, you know, here we are with so much of the rest of the world is in chaos and COVID is having such a huge impact. And here we are being able to do that. And I'm extremely thankful. And who are we introducing today? Today, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Angela Lauts alexander She is um, an specialist audiologist who is specialises in auditory processing disorders and um, I've known her for quite a long time met her at a the dinner uh, I think it was Thanksgiving the dinner business awards. no business awards is that where we absolutely clean house because what you were doing was so different from everyone else oh, and your cordero was so beautiful that I walked up right straight to you and I wanted to know who you were Sorry, I had to step in there. I remember that now. That's so cool. I remember. And um, so we met at the Business Awards in Whakatane a long time ago. That was years ago. Um, And since then, um, as I've learned about Angela and the work that she does and the impact that she's had on the lives of young people especially, it just blows me away because I know some of the young people who have had the benefit of what you know and the way that you practice what you know. And I think that's so cool. Welcome and thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Where are you, Angela? So I am originally from Kansas. I lived in New Zealand for nine years, and now I live in the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Uh, Only moved here about a month ago. So why did you move in the middle of a pandemic? Because I'm an idiot. (laughs) No. What next? No, legitimately. (laughs) And I mean, it is one of the dumber things that you can do. Yeah. But why why did you do it? Um, actually to be warm, which is hilarious because as we are speaking, sweat is streaming down my face. Yeah. Yeah. So got what I wanted. Um, it's definitely warm here. You do know you could have looked up how warm it is. 
They 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 measure things and write it really down. I don't really understand Celsius still, right? No, I I mean I was really bad at looking at what Celsius temperatures were when I moved to New Zealand, which is why I moved from Ohope to Taupua. Um, even though I'm a person who likes to be warm, you will also know that I'm still an idiot. So, so I can ask how your bubbles were because you were here and you knew what bubbles were. Quite often when we ask international people about how their bubble life was, they have no idea what we're talking about, but you'll know. Absolutely. So my husband and I normally live startup life. Um, We're working at all hours of the day and night, and um, my husband was traveling quite a lot. Um, For his startup business, he launched his product the same week our daughter was born, and for those first two years of her life, he was traveling all the time. So all of a sudden, we went from this, like intense high pressure lifestyle to staying at home and trying to divide childcare up and spending a lot of time on the trampoline um, and just actually enjoying our two and a half year old. So my bubble was the three of us. And we actually were, I was in the US when everything started happening. I was speaking at a conference in Washington, DC. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, the borders might close. So it's time to get home. So I grabbed my daughter and we jumped on a plane early, flew back to New Zealand. And we we were in that special group that got to isolate before isolation was happening. So we had an extra long special time, but um, also one of the best times of my life. Because it, it gave you the opportunity to slow down? Absolutely. They say kids are the great handbrake, but that's because people didn't know about COVID. (laughs) so did you try and work at the same time absolutely my husband and i i was pivoting my business because i had been operating a hearing aid dispensing practice in toko with a little side business of an online business and as soon as covid hit i realized this was my opportunity to do lots of talks in the u.s and do getting you know really used to doing zoom presentations and so i just hit it hard and i was giving presentation after presentation so we were both working quite hard and we finally co-parented the best we have ever co-parented and it was absolutely wonderful for everyone involved is it is your daughter? Is it daughter? Daughter, yeah, Izzy. It's small enough to not need homeschool. Were you doing that as well? No, she's two and a half. No, we're, she's two and a half. So it was just having fun. We didn't have to sweat the school stuff. <laughs> what were the presentations to the states on? So, like Mawada said, I specialize in something called auditory processing disorder. Some people refer to it as auditory dyslexia. It's where a person may pass a normal hearing test because they can hear beats even when it's really quiet, but they struggle to hear in background noise. They struggle to remember what they hear. They struggle um, to like quickly and accurately digest speech or take in speech. And we know how to read We know language based on, let me start this again, our hearing, our auditory skills lead to language and our language leads to reading and spelling, etc. So if we don't have really good auditory skills, then we can't get really good reading and spelling or communicating. So my talks were all about helping people understand what it felt like to have auditory processing disorder and also what it looks like to treat it. Does it sound like an internet connection is fading in and out? 
which is what I'm fighting with at the moment. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're all good. But but people have, when when it's about eyesight, we do wear glasses that, that play play games with your, your eyes. Do you do similar things for hearing? Absolutely. So we do online workouts for the ears or in-person workouts for the ears. So we do training to help people connect speech sounds to what they're hearing and also to hear a noise, to remember what they hear and to kind of just make those connections again. And we can treat it, which is amazing. Let's take the first of your music choices. How do I pronounce that? Is it Avicii? Avicii. 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 Yeah. Let's go for Avicii because you're the one that knows how to talk. Avicii, I could be the one. Why this one? If you've ever seen this music video, it's about this woman who's at work and she is just absolutely struggling. It's becoming a slog day in, day out. All the days roll into each other and she's just kind of over it. And then she, in her mind, she decides that she's going to go to a Caribbean island and she's going to live her absolute best life. And she just keeps dreaming about it and dreaming about it until one day at work, she just loses it. She throws all of her files. She drops a computer on the floor and office spaces it. And she's just done. And she just walks out the door, books two tickets to the Caribbean, and then she gets hit by a truck. Hey, that didn't end how I thought it was going to end. Yeah, that part's not ideal. But I love the part for it. Think about me when you're all alone The things we used to do and used to be I could be the one to make you feel that way I could be the one to set you free Do you think about me when the crowd is gone? It used to be so easy, you and me
free. So now you're in on the Sunshine Coast. Is it the same as here in terms of the COVID response? Actually, very, very similar. Um, they are quite pedantic about signing in, and they even have people who are um, COVID officers who will like stand at the door and make sure you do it. Good on them. And is I mean, the, that's what it would probably take with a population as large? Is the messaging similar? The the messaging from the from the government here. We had the the be kind and the the, the team of five million. Are you hearing similar sorts of stuff there? Yeah, mostly in Australia, they're like, be super racist. And I'm joking. That is a terrible joke. No, they don't say that at all. No, the be kind message. No, no. I think they're just like, let's try to do better than America. I don't think that's the actual motto, but maybe that's what a lot of the world is doing. It's probably not particularly difficult to achieve. I mean, with a bit of good leadership, it seems like some places are faring fairly well. (laughs) Is there an auditory component to imagination interesting i mean we've got the phonological loop that plays within our head we're literally hearing our own voice our own voice is a very large part of our creativity and our imagination right so for that reason i would say yes there is a component there's also such a thing as auditory hallucinations which is kind of totally different um but like audition and the sensory systems that we have in the brain are just absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, I love working in this field. It's pretty phenomenal. I was about to say that we have, when we're talking about the future, we talk about the, the role of the vision for the future. And I was going to say we don't have the equivalent for, for hearing, but I suppose we do because we talk about uh, telling a story we want to hear. Yeah, um, Helen, Helen Keller said that vision cuts you off from things or visual loss cuts you off from things. Hearing loss cuts you off from people. Now, she probably did not foresee the Internet, um, which helps, <laughs> helps people with communication disorders quite a lot. Um, but, but I would say, yeah, it is, it is a little bit of a loss skill. It's a little bit of something that people don't focus on. And we get so caught up in vision that we forget about the auditory sense. And I'm here to remind everyone. Why did you get into that field? To be honest, when I was born, I was born into a Mennonite commune or community, um, surprisingly enough. Uh, So the group was together for a few years. And during that time, my mom was a nurse and she thought that I was having troubles hearing because I didn't seem to be reacting to sound the way that she expected. Um, And she had seen hundreds of babies um, as a home health nurse. So she asked our neighbor, who was an audiologist, hey, can you check Angela out? And he determined that I had normal hearing sensitivity so I could hear sounds even when they were quiet. But concerns persisted. And when I was in third grade, my teacher told my parents, hey, I think she's got like maybe ADD. Maybe she needs to get checked out. I went to my doctor. It's the 80s. I got prescriptions, whatever. We stopped thinking about that at all. Um, And then uh, when I was in my teenage years, my dad had gotten remarried to someone, um, to my stepmother. And um, I always feel like I'm on the precipice of falling off a cliff before I say this. Um, But they felt like they were so frustrated with my listening difficulties that I had troubles um, listening to what they were saying and following their instructions. So they essentially locked me in the basement. So for about three and a half years from 13 to 17, 
um, I spent a lot of time in my own isolation. So it was kind of interesting to have COVID because here's this you know, isolation that I'm doing for the good of mankind compared to what I experienced as a teenager. And I was so worried that it was going to make me feel nervous um, or triggered. Um, but in fact, it was a very different, very different experience. So kind of wrap it all up into a neat little bow, a neat little tiny package. Um, I believe in being the person you needed when you were younger. And um I basically, my life's goal is to find people who are stuck in their own basement, stick my hand down and pull them up. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm an audiologist. And now I specialize in listening difficulties. And not only do I test for it, I treat it. And now I'm teaching professionals around the world to do the same work. I do like that, that little motto, believing in being the person you needed when you were younger. That's a good one. Let's all write that down. That's a that's a handy one. If I was writing a doctorate, I would definitely write that one down. It's so funny because um, that's kind of that's kind of the direction that my life has taken as well. And uh, but but I'm being the person that someone was for me back then, and it's and uh, and trying to bring that as a standard. Uh, model of practice into our education system which is taking the time to work with every child to help them to develop the skills to see themselves in a future to think forward to plan to to create a future so that they've got something that they're working towards so that they develop that ability to make real choice and life doesn't just happen to them and that's come from that exact thing I would like to take this moment to just apologize in case you can hear the frogs outside. <laughs> Australia is wild. I've had four of them in my toilet in the last two weeks, and that's only slightly more traumatic than the basement story. But no, you're exactly right. We need to equip future based on our past, yes. right? I 100%. don't want my daughter to go through the same stuff I did. I'm not going to put her there either, but I want the world to be better for her, and I can help make that happen. I really like that. How do you tell it if somebody is is needing that kind of help or if they're just being a teenager and not listening? They often will tell you. They will say to their parents, I can't hear. I can't hear my friends. I can't hear my teachers. I cannot remember what my teacher told me. You know, and there's and it's the parents that just follow that lead. I mean, it's funny that the key to finding listening problems is for a parent, an adult, a teacher to be listening at that right time and pick up on it. I mean, also, if a kid is having a hard time learning to read and write, that's going to be a red flag. Um, if they accidentally say reflag instead of red flag, where you're confusing those sounds. Sorry, I'm just making fun of myself. That wasn't that. Don't don't diagnose yourself out. On that. But basically, you know, it's funny because a lot of times with hearing disorders, there's denial as a part of it. But with auditory processing, there's very little denial. The client will often say to you, I know I struggle to hear. And then they're pissed off when they get a normal hearing test result because it doesn't help. It doesn't resonate with the problems they are experiencing. And is the, do you talk about it in terms of a solution? Is the, the, the solution techniques for listening better? It's not just technique, it's actual training. So for example, 
if I, if we were sitting across the table from each other and it was our first session, I might hold a hoop in front of my mouth so that you couldn't read my lips. And I would say, listen to this sound, d, d, d. And then I'd put it, a card in front of you that would have a D on it. I'm not gonna flash my D at you right now, but I would maybe put that D in front of you. Every time I say D, I want you to take your finger and tap the card in front of you. So every time I say D, D, and every now and then I'm gonna say a sound that's not in front of you. And then you'll tap way to one side or way to the other. So we'll do the D sound for a few times. We put that one away. Then we bring in the short E maybe, like eh, eh. That's the American one, eh, eh. It's more like the <laughs> Kiwi one. You'd have the short E. Then we would work on E for a little bit. Then we would bring the D back in, D and eh. And then we would bring in the M sound, D, eh, mm, mm, D. And the person's just tapping these sounds. And what we're doing is we're creating better phonemic boundaries. The brain doesn't have a really clear idea of what each of those sounds are. And so we're trying to refine that. And we do it about three or four sounds a week for 12 weeks. That in addition to three other activities. And you would not believe the changes that it makes. It is ridiculous and it is fun. And I will do it the rest of my life. And it sticks. And it sticks. It makes actual electrical changes in the brain just it's almost like you're at on the top of a mountain where nobody has ever gone mountain biking right the first time you go down that mountain it's going to be rough as guts you might get thrown off you might have get injured i mean it's 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 not well worn but the more times you go down the mountain on the same path you're creating these neural connections, you're increasing your speed, you're increasing your likelihood of doing it correctly, and we can make these neural connections stick. We actually had someone on the show about a month ago who had just handed in her master's on this topic, but as an educationalist, as part of her PhD, it was her Master of Education, and it was exactly on this, and it was teaching this in the classroom. And awesome. she actually just got her grade. She got an A plus for her her um, for her grade. But this is exactly what she was talking about. And it's neat now to hear you talking about it also, but from the um, from A the different perspective. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I'd love to be connected with her. I will connect you. She would like that. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orakunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nga mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko hai. I hope you're all having the best day. Beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope that wherever you are and whatever's happening, this journey that we're all on together, proving to be very rewarding, very sustained and illuminating for you in each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and he made things to thank you. So as we all know, we've been through this very intense year together. I know for all of us called on new aspects of ourselves come forward. And of course, we've run through the full gamut of emotion. All these different aspects have had to come forward in order to support us and our loved ones through this time. Now for us here in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand, and indeed in Aote Dunedin, we are frolicking about in a state of unfettered freedom. But I think for all of us, we have a renewed sense of gratitude and purpose in terms of what we do with our time and energy. 
I've had a wonderful opportunity to express my love for Aote Dunedin as part of Tourism New Zealand national campaign, which is fantastic. And I was filmed yesterday in the forest at Otokanui Ikri, my heart's home. And of course for me, New Zealand, returning to my home, was always my most dreamed of heart's desire while I lived in the UK and I'm grateful for the opportunity to have grown up somewhere else and experienced a very different culture but I'm so grateful to be back in a place that really nourishes and sustains me and of course we can all experience this on different scales and in different ways it doesn't have to be being halfway across the universe and be wishing for an environment where we can be ourselves and be loved and supported which is really what Aote Dunedin has given me. And I really hope that for you, you too have found that supportive environment. Now for a lot of us, we are conditioned and we are raised to really respond to our external environment. But if we can practice finding that sanctuary within where we are loved and accepted and we are completely free just to experience who we are, anytime we need to within ourselves of course that is very precious and very very helpful so i hope for you that over this time of lockdown level four level three level two level one you've had an opportunity to cultivate that sanctuary within that you know you can return to at any time also had the opportunity in speaking about my love for Stuneden to look back over my life and it's always interesting when we do this and we see the different moments of awareness that we've moved through and the different aspects of ourselves that we called forward at different times of our lives and I think when we are doing this looking back it's so important to be really kind to ourselves and really celebrate all the learning the growth that we have accomplished all the friendships that we've made, all the love that we've felt. And I don't think that that love ever goes away. Even if those people in our lives are not physically around us any longer, I feel that we're always connected. And in fact, we control the intensity of that connection. So we can look back and celebrate these relationships, but we don't have to feel that we are bound in any way that is unhelpful to us. So I really hope that for you, you are enjoying a sense of freedom and release, growing and growing and growing as we head towards the end of the year, that you're celebrating all you have accomplished thus far and looking forward to a break. And I'll look forward to talking tomorrow. Thanks so much. Bye, You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Angela Lauks alexander Angela, we've seen lots of societal changes over the the last few months, the last year almost. What do you think will stick and what do you hope will stick? Wow. Um, Well, selfishly and quite politically, I hope that um, Joe Biden does become president. Um, Am I allowed to say that? I hope I am. You just did. (laughs) I did. I did. I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. Um, I hope that we start having more respect and support for science. Because I think we have lost we have lost our way as far as science is concerned, and there has been a systematic um, decrease in appreciation for health workers, for scientists, um, and for even the media. So I want to see an increase in in that and just good work. Um, I am seeing that um, Oteroa and um, like just I love 
what Jacinta's compassion and integrity has done on a world stage. Um, it is absolutely phenomenal. So some of the things that I hope stick around is I hope that we don't rec we don't return to this um, dog eat dog 50 hours a week working too hard forgetting the important part um, that we remember what it was like to actually live our days in and out with our families um, and even with ourselves just a little bit of that quiet time. People have talked about how successful the messaging from the government was the the be kind message the the team of five million was there anything special f in terms of the the how it was put together in terms of the i'm thinking of if there's anything about the sound i mean was it something to do with the the the, the jacinda and ashley bouncing off each other in a kind of a a low not yeah. low fi but a, a low energy kind of way that that made it so successful you know so you're wanting to say from an audiological perspective do i think that the messaging was even more on point uh just by the acoustics of of things and i would say that this time is where i i feel like our profession in some ways our profession seemed i don't want to say this in the wrong way can i just say that it it was really hard for americans to hear that our jobs as audiologists weren't essential because we see our jobs as very important in helping people to connect with others. And in New Zealand, we immediately got an email that said, your job is not, not essential, please shut down. And I was actually very happy to not be on the front lines. Um, what I think was the most effective in New Zealand and Australia, um, potentially, compared to where I'm, what I'm seeing other places is we actually pivoted we saw that we had to do things differently. Now in the US, like nearly a year on, I still hear people trying to say, when things go back to normal. You have to stop saying, when are things going back to normal, realizing this is the normal now and go. Pivot, pivot, pivot. So from an audiological perspective, low frequency, high frequency, I don't know, it was freaking beautiful. From a trauma survivor standpoint, there was something about them actually bringing us along and being so transparent, so compassionate, so clear. Um, it was so nice and reaffirming. And um, I am so grateful to my experience in New Zealand. You say it's not going back to normal. What do you see it as? It was certainly a time that we had to, an opportunity for us to reset. Are you seeing it as a, a regeneration, a, a re-energizing? How are you seeing it? Someone said that the earth is rebirthing themselves. And while I'm not eerie fairy at all, I believe that. I believe we're going through a rebirth. We're looking at things entirely differently. And the only way to not progress is to want things to go back to how they were. What lessons do you think we can take from the, the pandemic response for the challenges that we face that are perhaps longer or larger scale, if that's possible? I'm thinking of things like climate change and social inequity. Can we take anything from the pandemic response for those things? Listen to your scientists, y'all. <laughs> but we know we should listen to the scientists. We don't do it. Not all of us do. But yeah. Why, why did we stop? But we, we know we, we know what we we know what we have to do in terms of climate change and related things like biodiversity collapse. We need as a 
society we need to stop consuming so much. The science is in on that. We haven't done it. Yeah, when is when it is at odds with what we consider a quality of life or when we don't know what to do. I think that's that's before I moved to New Zealand, I did not actually I could not figure out how oh my god, it's so embarrassing. Feel free to hang up at any point, but um I did not actually really know how to recycle. Wow, that's that's pretty embarrassing. I'm a doctor of audiology <laughs> and I don't know how to recycle until I got to New Zealand and it was like, oh, we just put those in the bin, bin and they take care of themselves. That's great. So, I mean, it's it's becoming more aware. It's getting the right messaging um, and it's coming together, realizing that there's a common good. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Flight of the Concords, Most Beautiful Girl. Why this one? This was in my wedding with my husband, of course. Um, so, so I first really learned about New Zealand from the Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah, and I was—I had such a hard time understanding the Flight of the Concords that I had to watch it with subtitles. True story. True story. And so then this song was in our wedding, and at the very end, he says, "Or a high class, you know, whatever." And he said. Eh, and my friend changed it because he was playing it on ukulele, changed it to a high-class audiologist. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this song. I love this song so much. Let's get out of here. Let's get in a cab. I'll buy you a cup of 
like a tree Or a high class prostitute You're so beautiful mm, You could be a broad-town model You probably still have to keep your normal job And party your time next to me. Now you've moved to the Sunshine Coast and you're getting out and getting some exercise. Did I hear something Woo-hoo! about roller? Yes. Did I hear something about I roller love- derby? Yes, I love roller derby. Roller derby is amazing. Um, I am currently drooling over some roller skates that I plan to buy because there are 30 kilometers of smooth walking paths near my house. So I'll be getting my outdoor skate on. Now, I do have to say that for somebody who was born in Derby, it's Derby, not Derby. Did you used to play then? No. Oh, you don't know anything about roller derby? No. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just correcting the person who knows how to speak proper on the pronunciation of the word Derby. It's okay. You'll learn. It's Derby. D-er. Derby. Yeah, that's what it says on my birth certificate. It's got it spelt wrong. I have some questions to end the show. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Having my kid, man. She's awesome. Yeah, um, so uh, personally, definitely becoming a mum. And wow, did that knock me on my absolute face. I <laughs> did not see that coming. I had no idea how much it was going to hit me right in my, um, right in my self-concept to not be able to work full-time. Um, that was really, really hard. Uh, but yeah, that's been fantastic. Um, other than that, I think like we, we got, got, we did fine at some of the business awards in Togpool, which was really exciting. Um, and not at all deserved. Um, but yeah, I think I think maybe the biggest success that I've got is that for all the things I've been through, I feel pretty healthy. And that's also a bit of privilege because I've had the right support too. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in our team. What is the superpower that's got you into the mansion? I'm like a phoenix rising out of the basement. Cacaw! No, just kidding. Um, I think I think gratitude and like being able to look back on my past with gratitude 
knowing that I like to keep my past close to me because it reminds me of just how good my present is. I'm not alone. I'm not like I wasn't talked to, touched, told I was loved, and I didn't have toilets. I had buckets. And now I've got frog, frogs in my toilets, and I can't be alone unless I really try to be. And if you try kissing one of those frogs, they would probably get poisoned. Like <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, I would. Why is that? Because people legitimize mistreating those they think aren't listening. And you're and doing I'm something about that. the world for those people. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I wasn't listening. <laughs> but I don't care. So what motivates you then? What gets you out of bed in the morning? The best revenge is living well, right? And what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Increasing my media profile um, and becoming as badass on the outside as I feel on the inside, but also potentially being a little bit more humble. <laughs> more humble and more bad. Yes. So how are you dealing with tensions? Which ones? Well, the things, two things you just described for starters. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I have realized that man sleep is mission critical, isn't it? Just the other day I was, I gave a big talk and it was at three in the morning because it was in Canada. And then I couldn't go back to sleep because my daughter had woken up. And then like in the middle of the day, like I just started feeling real bad about myself and thinking, man, am I like kind of a jerk? And then I was like, wait, I only slept four hours. I went to bed. I woke up in the middle of the night. And my first thought was, how do I feel about myself? I'm like, ah, I'm pretty okay. Then I went back to sleep. <laughs> like is that that's that's a bit strange huh but no i like checked back in with myself like do i hate me no i don't hate me i'm i'm fine with me you know me i have a lot of work to do on myself but i'm actually prepared to do the hard yards so it's fine well that's the unspoken bit of the be kind message isn't it it's not just about being kind to other people it's about being kind to yourself i love it and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners so if I would start off with a little bit of advice that I would give myself when I was actually, you know, locked in the basement back then, if you are constantly looking for something to try to figure out if something is wrong or not, <laughs> if something is normal, um, it probably isn't. And nobody can actually 
guess what is happening. They can't read your mind. You actually need to tell someone. And the more that you can tell someone about what is going on with you, hopefully it's someone safe who's a licensed professional. But the more you can tell someone, the more they have the potential to help you. And while it's scary and it's confronting to do something about a crappy situation, it's even worse to live in it. So be brave, stick your neck out, and you might be surprised with how many other people you'll connect with as well. Thank you very much for that. That is seriously important advice. Mawera. Angela, I've just had this, the privilege over these years since we first met at the Business Awards um, of watching your practice sort of evolve and seeing the impact of on people who I know who you've treated and seeing the transformation that's occurred in their lives actual transformation and it's something that you hope for as a practitioner of anything you hope that you actually are doing something of value and sometimes it's really hard to quantify that hard to measure the impact but here you are just doing this extraordinary thing without being able to hear properly how, how do we even properly engage with the world? It's this massive barrier that you take away. It's so beautiful what you do, and thank you for doing it. Thank you for making a life and being so committed and for transforming lives in the way that you do. It's so cool. Thank you so much. And can I just mention that this is particularly relevant in New Zealand because recent research out of the University of Auckland shows that up to 35% of Pacific Island children may have an auditory processing disorder. So it could be a main reason underlying um, different levels of um, what we're seeing academic performance and things like that. There's also been studies that show that there's a high percentage of adult male violent offenders um, who may have an auditory processing issue. Um, so if you don't feel like you can hear and understand, you may feel like you can't be heard or understood. And I just wanna make sure that we can help these people. Um, at the current moment, there's about 350 of us testing and treating this in the world. Um, I'm hoping to double that number in the next few years through my courses. And if the conservative estimates are correct, that um, of 5% of people having auditory processing issues, that's more than 300 million people in the world who have it. So there's a lot of work to be done, especially on the public awareness side of it, but I'm, I'm sharpening my tools and I'm getting ready for the fight. Yay. This week we're going out to Jingle Bells. So I looked to find the thing that was the most interesting from an auditory perspective so we're going out to Esquivel Jingle Bells. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome. Now Welcome. 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 Welcome to my space age
Buenas, mis amigos. Happy holidays. I am so glad you could make it. My, you look ravishing tonight. I love the boots. And you, you look so dashing. The cut of that suit is impeccable. Now please, come in and make yourselves at home. You will find the bar over there. There's a lovely view of Venus tonight. And I'm sure your ears will take you to where the band is playing in the back room. And, oh yes, the mistletoe is right over. Ah, it seems to be occupied right now. Well, just relax and have a fabulous time. Feliz Navidad, baby. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in the Waitakura Ranges of Auckland with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and Angela Lauks Alexander on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.